3: I just got some news that a police officer on North Avenue in Sheffield, North Avenue in Kingsbury, was shot. He's, taken, he's been taken to the hospital. We'll keep you updated. The Roach is in custody who shot him. But if Kim Fox has her way, he'll be able to get free donuts at Lou Mitchell's by morning. So we will keep you posted on that. But I have to tell you, this is going to be one of those shows where you may want to turn off. What do you think of that? You may want to turn it off. Because if you want the mantra of how uh, I'm supposed to praise Colin Powell, I'm not going to do that. So this is I'm terrible at this because you know why I don't like lying. I've been watching all weekend this. Fauci has been trying to tell me about society and how you must live for other people and put the slave plate on your face, even in your house, and ignore all the real science so you take his pickle face science. I can't do that. I'm not good at that either. So this Colin Powell thing. I have to tell you, it's interesting because I remember the Democrats calling him a liar when he validated the weapons of mass destruction. You remember that? I remember them calling him part of the military-industrial complex. I remember them having a nugget of truth in all that. I remember thinking not much of Colin Powell as the Republicans of the Bush era showed themselves for the corporatist kleptocrat scum... (laughs) I remember him being part of that. So am I supposed to come out now and pretend that he is uh, part of the founding of the nation and is this wonderful guy? Because that's what Democrats do. In fact, this is my favorite part of watching the liars lie. It's like watching Mozart play the piano or Pritzker eat dessert. It's beautiful, baby, because nobody does it better than these scumbags. Look, CNN. Did I yell a little bit too much? The Colin Powell Republican no longer exists, CNN. The Colin Powell was nearly the future of the GOP, the Daily Beast. Powell betrayed his values in order to be a good American, Los Angeles Times, country before self. Oh, that's a good one. USA Today. Powell praised by U.S. politicians of both parties. And that's when you know you're probably dealing with a not too good of a guy. When both of these Lying rats, parties, have something good to say about you. It's because you kept the money flowing. When I think of parties, I really, really wanted to talk about Jerome Powell, who was just caught, like the rest of them, with very strategic trades while making a fortune during both the pullback of the market and then the rebound after he decided to bastardize the the so-called market. I wanted to spend a little time on that. See, that's the that's the guy I wanted to talk about. But apparently, we're going to hear now how the president, I guess he's the president, he doesn't know if he is or not, the feeble fascist with the soggy pants, now he loves Colin Powell. I remember a couple years ago, he didn't like him. Didn't like him very much at all. In fact, I think there was even some racial stuff that he had to say about him because he was, before Trump, he was a Republican. Um, I say, so what? 84 years old. I'm not even going to exploit the fact that he was vaccinated and died from complications of COVID or whatever the case is, he's 84. 84, he was a little bit stout. That's what we do. We live and we die. In the meantime, what you do is what makes the difference. And when you sell out, when you tell lies that benefit political parties and politicians, and you could argue, create and start a war, I, I don't really give a rip about you. What do you think of that? Probably not the normal stuff, but I'm probably not the normal host. And the other thing I wanted to say is um, Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. I have uh, Ray Lopez coming on now. Bonnie, my new producer, knows Ray, and, and I've had Ray on before, and I like some of what Ray has to say. We're going to pick it why he's still a Democrat. John Catanzaro on a, on a video said he's running for mayor. Good. I think that's wonderful. The only thing is I want these people of good character, if they so have it, to identify themselves not with the Chicago Mafia party. Because to me, until we make people understand, the Democrat Party is not a political option. It is a mafia. It's that simple. And the corruption in it is systemic. It is through our judicial system. It is through every aspect of our life. It is occupied by self-enriching, self-aggrandizing frauds. So I'd like to make that uh, that name go away and make people run on simply their own character rather than hiding behind the virtue shield of a party. But they can't, because what they understand is those people that occupy Chicago, that occupy Cook County, they're brainwashed, they're corrupted themselves, and they will only always vote for a Democrat. It's really quite that simple, regardless of the mayhem that the party creates, regardless of the ghettos, regardless of the crime. So this is where I think it's enlightening to see a uh, FOP union president announce that he is willing to put himself out there to run for mayor and run under a ticket of law and order where the good citizens no longer have to be afraid of the gangbangers. That's kind of the story in every Democrat mafia run city, in every Democrat mafia run county and state, and now the nation, which is why it's very important we keep our eye on the ball. It's also why I want to focus in on some local stuff that happened this weekend, because it is. And I I, I was saying 22 people shot is a low number for Chicago. And isn't that sad? 22 people shot, four dead. And it's almost a number to celebrate. As sad as that is, because your expectations of how a city should be run have now adapted to having the Democrat Mafia Party in charge. And when I heard that, I said, wow. Isn't that something? And then you think about the 22 families of those people. I'm sure not every one of them was a gangbanger. And you think about the innocent people that were shot, and you think about all the other statistics that really are hard to find in the news. The people who are carjacked, because this month, in the last month, I was reading an article in the Sun-Times, estimates of a 600% increase, 600% in carjackings and robberies. So the good news is they were distracted enough not to shoot each other or other people.
4: Police say a group of men robbed three 711 convenience stores Monday morning in a span of about 30 minutes. Chicago police say four guys went into the store on East Lake Street. That was around 830 Monday morning. They demanded money, took some cash, then fled. Five minutes later, police say the same guys went to the store on East Wacker, stole cash and merchandise.
3: I like how the reporter is laughing. Because what she figured out is finally some Democrats that are efficient
4: and then left from there. Then police say right before 9 a.m., the same people robbed the 7-Eleven on South State. Chicago police say nobody was injured in any of the robberies and no one is in custody right now. But they are investigating.
3: So maybe if the next mayor ran on protecting the innocent people in businesses, maybe, maybe then we could get a handle on this chaos this implosion of uh, Mad Max that we're calling Chicago. I think it needs to uh, be taken into account that what used to be good neighborhoods can no longer be considered that anymore.
5: What well, new this morning, a warning for businesses around the Magnificent Mile after two stores were robbed by teenagers. Chicago police say both of these thefts happened last week during the afternoon. The teens just would run in, grab purses off the display tables, and then run out to a waiting getaway car. CPD says a dark-colored Jeep and a black Lexus were used in the Escape.
3: I love the quality of vehicles now that are being used in these crimes. I also can't help but notice teenagers. So these are the... the Thieves, the carjackers, the murderers that were spending $28,000 a year per person who puts their name on a list, and then the teachers' union gets to capitalize. And they too drive Lexuses and Jeeps, although their robbery isn't in such a hurry. They still have managed to manipulate exactly what it is we need to fix. So maybe if the FOP union president were to run and promise to arrest we could put a little leverage on the real crux of the problem, the corrupted, Democrat-occupied so-called justice system of the city of Chicago, the county of Cook, and the state of Illinois, where I have yet to be updated. How does Ed Burke's trial coming along? How's that look? What about little Mike Madigan, the most successful mafia boss in world history? How's all their trial and all the investigations of the aldermen Do you think maybe we're going to get an update on that? Or do you think that they'll see trial before we are hearing the Colin Powell excuses of how they weren't so bad? And we could have all the scumbags who helped enrich them, all the guys who started out being capitalists and then paid off their law firms to get their business license and the rest of it. All the restaurant owners and they could come out and say he wasn't so bad. After all, when Mike Madigan was the mafia president of Chicago and Illinois, things ran Great, and it was smooth, and all of that same BS we hear when the dailies had it, rather than recognizing what the problem is, and it is the Democrat Party. And until you purge the crime figures from that so-called mafia, 22 will sound like a good number on a weekend. Not so bad, but if you do some, some real quick math, it turns out there's uh, 211 people shot just this just since the beginning of the month. So today is the 18th, right? 211 divided by 18. That's 11.7 people a day. 11.7 people a day shot in the city of Chicago. Numbers aren't really good to celebrate. Even when you think that a Monday came in and maybe you had the, the under in your office scumbag pool of the weekend, it still shows exactly what the Democrat Party is. A failure corrupt failure where oligarchs are held harmless where there's two forms of justice one for those the perpetrators are now protected and the victims are somehow victimized again by the very system that they turn to by the very people that are supposed to protect them the government in Chicago or anywhere else in this country has one job and that's to protect you protect you from the predators but see in these Democrat areas If the Predators are really the protected class, you celebrate mediocrity as a win. And that's all you're going to do in the city of Chicago, or as I like to call it, the sewer of Chicago, and the state for that matter. And then we'll get by to how Necklace Pritzker is putting a little bit more of your money into his campaign contributors' pockets. Did you know that there's billions being spent on i 80 we will, uh, I went a little long. We'll play that clip for you when I get back, and I'll take your calls. 312 642 5600. I told Bunny, you got to take your the we'll Trinity will we'll stop with that digestive problem. She got all jammed up on the last break. But uh, you're about to get all jammed up on the sales pitch of the necklace bean bag with a pumpkin on it. We're calling Governor. By the way, I wonder if it's season for his wife. You think she's living in Florida or Illinois? Boy, oh boy! I wish I could put a. I got. I, I got a double saw box that so she's already down in Florida.
5: So it looks like another highway will go through some big-time reconstruction. Governor Pritzker
6: just announced a six-year plan to improve Interstate 80. Brona Tumulty is in the newsroom now with the update. Brona?
2: Good morning, guys. Yeah, Governor Pritzker just announced in the last hour or so all of the changes set to come to I-80 over the next few years. It's a six-year plan that's going to cost $1.2 billion with the goal of... Six-year plan,
3: $1.2 billion. Anybody want to bet on the timeline? Anybody want to bet on the money? Remember Jane Burns. That thing has lasted, if it were a person, it would be a junior in high school right now. And the money keeps rolling in. The cones are up. I don't see a lot of guys working on it, but a lot of people are making money. And Pritzker has got it going on I-80. Robert Bloomingdale.
7: Hey, Sean, how you doing?
3: Oh, good. I'm always uh, a little testy when I know I'm getting scammed and lied to. So it's been a tough couple of days, but go ahead.
7: Yeah, how are you doing? So anyway, the reason I was calling as a realtor, I wanted to ask you this question. With all the crime and disarray in Chicago, what are the price, prices going for these condos and this, are these and homes and are these places selling? And I uh, just wanted to get your feedback on that, and let's so, go, Brandon.
3: Here's the thing. Yeah, That's right. Let's go, Brandon. And uh, we've got to figure out something for Lori. Let's go, Lambo do you say we do that? Um, it turns out that if you've bought a condo in the last five years in Chicago, you're losing money. If you try to rent a condo, you're probably going to be vacant for a while. And if you get lucky enough to rent it, you're going to have to deal with your board. And then um, you're going to have to deal with people breaking leases because part of what the government is supposed to provide you is safety. And no matter if you're looking at the Mag Mile, if you're looking at Lincoln Park, if you're looking at what was once good neighborhoods, you cannot guarantee that. So that's going to translate just the way you think it is in lower values, lower rents. But what it will also result in, in a corrupt mafia-run city is higher taxes because, after all, somebody's got to pay for...
2: Rebuilding the section of the highway through Will, Grundy and Kendall counties. It'll rebuild and replace the more than 50-year-old infrastructure there, which currently sees about 80,000 drivers every single day.
0: From Manuka to Joliet, this rebuild will transform 16 miles of I-80, the redesign of auxiliary lanes and interchanges to reduce congestion and rehabilitation of over 30 bridges along the roadway.
3: Now, what are the contractors... Who get the job gonna donate to the reelect Pritzker campaign and the rest of the Democrat mafia? That's the real question and that's the number you're not going to get. But that's the most important one in this story because all of those people for fifty years, this is my favorite thing, all of those people, eighty thousand cars a day, have already been paying taxes for the infrastructure. Yet here we are, today's the first day of America, the first day of Illinois, and the first day of I-80. And we need it because we just need it. And forget about the fact that we were supposed to maintain it all that time, too bad. You're going to do it again, it's going to be splendid. This is progress. See, this is the best you're going to get from these shysters. Lipstick on pigs, and I'm not talking just Pritzker, I'm talking about what he's saying. They're making it sound as if it's wonderful. It's not. It's an admission of crime. That's what that is. Mike Plano.
8: Hey, Sean. I'm actually on I-80 right now in the very uh, spot you're talking about on my way to work. I've been driving this road for seven years. It's bumpy. It's broken. The construction on it, although it, it's been needed to be uh, redone from the nook of the Juliet for at least a decade, and I'm mm-hmm. glad they're finally doing something. The construction is slow. You heard Mike, do you
3: remember economy? that old case? Do you remember that old case with uh the Palumbo when they found that he was shorting the cement and the judges went off and they fined him thirteen million and he pulled the checkbook out and wrote the check. Do you remember that whole case? Uh, no, but here's yeah. the thing, Sean. I uh, if there's a guy in Joliet, one of the economic leaders. I, I read a quote from him a few weeks ago
7: where he's saying Oh, I hope we have uh, I 80 uh, fixed up by 2026.
8: I'm like, that's another five years. How long did it take to build Hoover Dam? About three. This is it, a, this it is It is took four to
3: build the Eisenhower highway system throughout the country. It took four years to build the entire highway system throughout the country. But the reason it took sh- such a short period of time is because they didn't perfect political prostitution the way we did in Illinois. Thank you, Mike, for the call. But that's the answer. You ain't gonna like it, but that's the answer.
2: The project also includes eight miles of noise walls to help minimize the impact on families living near the highway. When it's all done and dusted, there will also be new pedestrian and bike lanes as well to help keep communities connected. Bike lanes?
3: What kind of moron's gonna ride a bike down I-80? Anybody know what, what, what kind of moron rides his 10-speed? Although I'm sure we got him.
2: ...advanced work already started on I-80 this summer, and again, the project should be wrapping up sometime in 2027. Live in the newsroom, Bruno Tumulty, WGN News.
3: This is all very diabolical. It's all very sinister, and it works. And there ain't a person that's going to get caught here. Just the problem I have is, is there a need for it? And I don't mean just because of what Mike said. It's bumpy. I believe all of that. I believe all of that. But the reality and the ramifications of what we Illinoisans, Chicagoans, have lived through is caused why so many of us are leaving. So you're doing all of this infrastructure. You're doing all of the things you should have been doing for the 50 years. And they're making it seem as if Illinois is growing and there's a necessity. This isn't about you, the citizen. This is about them, the politician and the corruption. And this is what it feeds. And the reporters, unfortunately, parrot the lie. 312-642-5600. I'll be back.
2: Schoolhouse rock thing going on a little jazzy.
3: We are back, and I uh, this is not something I'm going to say in a lot of lead-ins. I have a Democrat on the phone, but I don't hate him. Alderman Ray Lopez, how are you? Hey Don, how are you? Glad you, don't, glad you don't hate me. Very good. I don't hate you, uh, but here's I, I do hate some of your cohorts. I really do, and I hate them because they've made a climate where good people have to fear for their safety, they have to become something they wouldn't, complacent with failure and corruption. That's why I hate them. They don't hate them blindly. They earned it, and they deserve it. And the corruption that we are known for throughout the not just the nation anymore, but the country, as Chicago, is a laughingstock. But I'm hoping that there are people around that want to change it. I believe you are one of those people. So let's start off nice, and then I'll make you mad at me. Deal? <laughs>
8: Fair enough.
3: Let's go. All right. You've got this thing where I think you're 100 percent right. And when it happened, I was infuriated, not just because it is morally wrong, but because it puts good people in harm's way. During the COVID greatest asset to fascism in the world, a lot of criminals, a lot of bad hombres, a lot of scallywags were let out of prison for their safety. It turns out that they were not going to go home and watch Hulu or Netflix, it turns out that they want to settle some scores. Am I wrong?
8: Nope, 100% correct so far.
3: What's going to be Without done question. about it?
8: So at some point, whenever Tim Evans Kim talk and the rest of the uh, clown show over there at the uh, courthouse get their act together, these individuals would be... Returned back to jail and process either through uh, continuation of their trials or sent to prison if they've been just on a holding pattern. Um, but in the meantime, you know all of these gangbangers and individuals who we have spent some of us have spent our entire careers fighting against are back in the neighborhood trying to reclaim their old, old street cred, fighting against newer gangbangers who've tried to step up to replace them and fill the void when they were shipped out. And all the while, the residents of the city of Chicago, the neighborhoods that I represent, neighborhoods that many of your listeners come from, are caught in the middle of a war zone uh, that doesn't seem to end. Something that was completely predictable, avoidable, and rectifiable if we had sent these individuals back the moment that they were vaccinated, that we could have had them back in jail immediately. Um, but the courts and everyone else just keeps dodging, keeps punting. She's leaving people on house arrest. You know, you said watching Hulu. I say, you know, it's not like they're home watching the novellas with their grandma on the couch with their ankle monitor. Most of these guys and gals are running around, shooting people, carjacking, stealing, and just living it up, knowing that they're on borrowed time and are going to enjoy their best life at the expense of law-abiding citizens in the city.
3: You know, Ray, if I could call you that, it seems to me if you're going to fix something and you're failing you need to break the chain that you're, you're following into failure. We've got a system now that is not only continuing down very bad policies, but one would say rewarding the predators. This cop that got That's shot, true. what are the odds? They've got him in custody. What are the odds that the scum, roach that shot him? isn't out on bail or was picked up three weeks ago or three months ago or a year ago. At what point do we recognize that the real problem isn't the officers, it is those rats in suits that are fighting for the perpetrators regardless of the victims? When are we going to realize that as a city and as in in, in your case, Ray, and I mean this with all due respect, as your entire fracking party Well,
8: look, I, I, have, I work in a body that 98% democratically controlled city council, of city of Chicago. We have people who make excuses for criminals from some of the most violent neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. I don't get it. I've said numerous times on numerous shows, and I'll say it on yours too, there's no place for politics when it comes to public safety. Making sure that our children come home with no more holes than what God gave them should be our number one priority. Seniors See. should be able to stand in front of their houses and water their lawns without being riddled with bullets because two gangbangers don't know how to aim a 9 millimeter. We need to recognize that the victims should be our priority, and criminals, especially those repeat ones that we like talking about, belong in jail, period, exclamation point. See. What we do so often is we baby them, we enable them and we sympathize with them and try to give them uh, excuse after excuse and reason after reason to keep doing what they do. Oh, if there were more programs, oh, if there was more investment, oh, if there was just whatever. While we fail to recognize that, especially now in the city of Chicago with criminals being younger and younger, teenagers bordering on, you know, uh, sixth graders, the question that we really need to ask ourselves is why are our families failing so much? What values, if any, are we even allowing our families to pass on from one generation to the next? And I will tell you, and I'm sure your listeners would agree, the values are slim to none at this point. It's as watered down as, you know, two-week-old Kool-Aid. And we're seeing the aftermath of that in every neighborhood in the city of Chicago right now.
3: See, that's why I don't hate you, because you get it. And the other thing is, I think once we stop rewarding people for bad behavior, maybe we'll get less bad behavior. Um I was having dinner in Miami Saturday night with a with a Chicagoan who was a businessman you would know it Ray by my silky uh, tones and my professionalism behind this mic but I was never going to be behind the microphone I was an in, I was an investor I worked in the like, money business I wanted to you know I I wanted to be in the real estate business I was in the real estate business I recognized years ago what Chicago was is and I'm hoping hoping that it will not always be It, to me, is the problem of organized tolerance of bad things. And I don't just mean the two sitting Cook County judges who are on the investment vehicle with Ed Burke. I'm talking about systemically, from the law firms that manipulate the taxes to the people who are not in on the scam that burden that cost. How does it look to you as someone who sits on finance, zoning, zoning? rules, housing and real estate development, economic development, until this city cleans its act up, there's not an honest man that's going to do business there. In fact, it's a, it's a real joke. And while I was having dinner, I, he had this, this person I was having dinner with had been an investor in multiple businesses in Chicago. And he would say to me, you were told what law firm to hire. You were told who to, who to, who to pay. Until we clean this up, brother, it's going to be more of the same. How do you clean it up? Do you have any ideas?
8: Absolutely. One of the biggest and quickest ways to clean all of this up is that, you know, right now Alderman in particular can take up to $1,500 in contributions from anyone with a live active ordinance pending before the city council. The best and quickest way is to make that a zero contribution. If you're doing any business or need an Alderman to sign off or do anything, you, you should not be able to contribute to that Alderman, regardless who it is including myself, because no matter how good your intentions are, the perception is that it's a pay-to-play system. And if that's the issue, then you need to rectify that immediately. I think also one of the issues is that we need to make it simpler in Chicago to deal with matters of zoning or real estate or all the wonderful things that you mentioned that I'm a committee member to where Joe citizen can walk in and apply and do all of those things where well, you don't necessarily automatically have to have a lawyer charging you at minimum $3,000 retainer just to make your house go from a single unit to a two flag.
5: Exactly,
8: There should be easier ways for you to do that because even when we're on the zoning committee, it's very rare where you see a citizen representing himself to effectuate a zoning change quickly. Those are just some of the issues that we see. And if you make it where, Using technology and other issues where Aldermen are, are able to either be a part of the solution and not part of the problem, that's when you're going to find uh, a lot of these issues of corruption or perceived corruption alleviate themselves.
3: I agree. I don't, I don't think that anybody that gets a contract with the city of Chicago should be a, a political campaign contributor. That's how far I want to go because it's obvious what this is. You know, Ray, it's not, it's not 100 years ago anymore. It's not, there's, we, can, can we, we have to discuss things honestly. If you give me a contract that's very valuable and I give you hundreds of thousands of dollars through my employees, through PACs, through whatever, ta-da, that's corruption. When a, when a Winnetka developer throws 5000 a plate fundraiser for Lori Lightfoot, and then ends up being an investor or an owner on a company that gets a massive benefit from the city, ta-da, that's corruption. I, do, I hate the idea that we're walking around in the year 2021 like it was 1929, and we all pretend El Capone was just a good guy who gave turkeys to the neighborhood. Let's call it what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, let me know if you want me to come on the floor and fill in for you a little bit. We'll shake things up. So I think it went pretty and, smooth.
8: not forget something either, too, that the reason that all of them get paid so much is to dissuade them from graft make it where if they were paid a consummate salary with their position, that they'd be less inclined to be manipulative or do things that were illegal. And that has not shown any sign of impacting some of my colleagues' behavior, sadly.
3: I mean, you just take a look. I remember when I was a kid, and I'd see Eddie Burke and, uh, at the Viagra Triangle with the security staff. It wasn't—they're not even hiding it anymore. He's—he's he's not an attorney. He's not an alderman. He's a gangster. And until we recognize all of this, and until these people go away, we're just going to continue to get good guys like you that don't stand a chance. Because the reality is, your own party's mounting up against you. Is that not right?
8: I would definitely say that there are many in my Democratic Party who no longer view me as uh, one to be followed. And I think that's because of their own politics and not mine. There once was a time when if someone of my caliber within the Democratic Party was viewed as a centrist. Now I might as well be um,
3: a Republican,
8: say a, it. two of an elephant on my shirt in their opinion because so and many of them have gone so far left.
3: That can I suggest something, to, something you, to you, Ray? You, Paul Vallis, John Catanzaro... And fellas of your caliber, of your character, maybe it's time you do that. And maybe we turn it around by not being a one party town and a one party county and a one party state. Maybe then we'll stop being a laughing stock. Just a suggestion from a radio host who really didn't think he'd ever be one. You take it for what it's worth. But I want to thank you for coming on. John, thank you. Thank you. Ray Lopez, everybody. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. So the girls here are making fun of me a little bit. They accuse me of liking Ray Lopez. And I have to say this. I'm willing to because he correctly identifies the problem and wants to change it. So there. I'm willing to. But to me, he should make the move. He owes it to himself. And he needs to set an example. I am no longer affiliated with the Chicago Democrat Party. That's to me how you handle things when the organizations you're a part of show themselves to be corrupt. And I mean that in every instance. In every instance, whether it's with your friends, no matter what it is, your, your investments, where you work, once they show themselves to be corrupt, you as a person of integrity need to recognize it and distance yourself from it. If we all did that, we wouldn't have this party system where two parties pretend to be opposite, yet they share the same bank. They vote for the same bureaucrats who enrich themselves, specifically like Jerome Powell and the rest of these so-called Fed chairmen, because Jerome Powell is a scumbag. It turns out, breaking, I guess this is breaking news, I always knew it, I just wanted to be validated, Fed Powell sold up to $5 million in stock in 2020 before the market tanked. Anybody want to bet if he put it back on, right, as the government decided to buoy up so-called the market? See, this is a corporatocracy, a kleptocracy. This is how you fraud a system that was supposed to be immune to this. It is political corruption that destroys everything, not just neighborhoods or cities or counties or states, but it will destroy this nation if we allow it to happen. And it is up to us to demand on our representatives to not only just recognize it, and that's a wonderful thing, and to identify it, but to turn their back on it. To me, that's what we need to do. And uh, until we do, expect more of the same where Nancy Pelosi pretends to be upset about wealth.
6: God never intended for any people, people to live in superfluous, inordinate wealth, while others live
3: in abject, deadening poverty. Like her constituents. She rules over a sewer in San Francisco. Yet her and her corrupt husband have amassed $500 if you do simple math, let alone what we don't know about. This is what I mean. This is not a political party. It is a mafia. Now, that being said, do you think I'm letting Republicans off? Because you'd be wrong. And we'll discuss that and more when I get back. Grab a line, 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back.
2: just follow
3: me, because we need a little Now we're going to go so into, me into me a little me. bit said, like of my problem me, with so the right. Republican just rats. Me, we're in this position. Jay, you hang on. You're going first. We're in this position not just because of the people who have been corrupted, who have sold their dignity for welfare benefits and for free college and for so-called health care and all the rest of the nonsense from the Soviet Marxists corrupt bastards calling themselves Democrats. We're in this because Republicans, Republicans who said they were conservative, they were anti-socialist, they were anti-Marxist, they were anti-abortion, voted for these roaches that occupy the levers of power now. That's why we're in this position. So when I hear this, it
6: infuriates me. A group of anti-Trump Republicans on Thursday endorsed a slate of Democratic lawmakers facing tough races in next year's midterm elections. Now
3: Trump is gone. Trump is gone. The office has been usurped. Now, for 2022, these roaches want more Democrats who've identified themselves for exactly what they are. Soviets. That's what they are. It's not an American Democrat party. These are Soviets. And now Republicans are endorsing Soviets. So that's why all the people who are celebrating, we're going to kill him in 2022 and all the rest of it. Let's go, Brandon. And I'm on your team. Let's go, Brandon.
6: But look at what's going on behind the scenes. In a bid to stop their own party from retaking control of Congress, the GOP officials dismayed that most elected Republicans now embrace former President Donald Trump's false claims that the 2020 election was stolen told Reuters they are also backing some vulnerable Republicans, including Representative Liz Cheney, who have rejected Trump's voter fraud allegations. This is
3: who controls the money. The Adam Kinzinger's. He's just a receptacle of this corruption. This is the party that wants back in power. That's why when I talked about Colin Powell, I want to like Colin Powell. I was a Colin Powell cheerleader until he revealed himself for what he was. This guy's a Vietnam veteran. I'm always going to default to the position that those poor guys were lied to. You don't correct that by becoming the liar, which is what Colin Powell was. So it's time to purge our own side. Jay, uh, thank you so, uh, thank
7: you, Sean, so much for all you do and the powers that be there uh, at the station. Uh, you know, there, it's great to have these nationally syndicated shows here and there, but. Live and local is what it's all about, especially in a big market like Chicago. So we're so glad you're there. Oh, and shit. thank you for, for like acknowledging things. Like A couple of months ago, you said something really fast, and I wrote it down in my car. I couldn't believe it. And I went and I looked it up, and oh, my God, you, you brought up that Hunter was appointed to a board on Amtrak by George W. Bush. I hope everybody just heard me, because you, when you said it on the air, you said it really fast. Yeah, I talked for I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. Oh, my God, this is just hilarious. How uh, the closer to the top you get, it seems like they kind of morph into demo publicans and republicrats. Uh, and, and here's another one you probably know this, but I don't know if everybody else knows this. Uh, so W had one of Pelosi's daughters like film his campaign, I believe. Yeah, it's a in great documentary as
3: well. It's a great documentary. There you go. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> there I'm you not go. gonna, I'm not gonna, here, do you know uh, who David Horowitz is? David yeah. Horowitz is a is a legendary. Uh, fight against communism against socialism and against the american democrat party you know why he is because his parents were communists so i'm not going to take a default position against nancy pelosi's kids although it turns out she's the girl is in fact a fraud but that doesn't mean she has to be i never want to put the sins of the father onto the child but more often than not you'd be right to do so. Um, but how else could you could you blame Nancy Pelosi's daughter? Her mother and father are billionaires. They've never had an honest day's work in their life. So yeah, these kids I, have been corrupted say, by it. Yeah.
7: If, if I could just slip one thing in, in sure. real quick, Jay, and I'd love to hear more from you and yeah. any callers about it. That You know, we have an elephant in the room, uh, all pun intended, and that is that there are these sort of Bush Republicans and there's the concept or the perception of what a Trump Republican was or is, and you know it's it's a great divide there. It really is, and I I I fear that the Bush Republican is going to come back. I, I think it's going to be Nikki Haley and maybe Jeb as their running as their running mate. But anyway, well, there's I'll, I'll Jeb's off, got a son. Line. Job's there you go. It. Well, yeah. down the road, yeah, George, P- George P.W., I think, right? Yeah, or, that's George that's P-W. the, the P-W. guy
3: you're going to hear more and more and more mm. about. He's going to win in Texas. They're going to run him as president in the next 10 to 15 to 20 years, and that's going to mm. be the legacy. Because the the other thing, Jay, is they never were out of power. They just got quiet. Great.
7: There you but go. But they were never out of power. I, but thanks, anyway, Jay. thank you for all you do, and thanks, to
3: Station. Thanks station keep it up. Great. Oh, thank you very much. But the reality is... These types of Republicans are never going to go anywhere. They're ingrained, unfortunately, in the system. And until we identify it and reject it, it's going to continue to control that system. And the Jerome Powells will just be replaced by Joe Matanats, who will be the same thing. Different size suit, maybe even a skirt like Yellen, although she, something tells me she could pull off trousers. And it's the same thing because we need to make sure that we do not tolerate this kind of corruption. So this thing, ironically, I was not a Trump guy in 16. I was not. I'm still against very many of his policies, very many, mostly economic, when he got advice by Democrats. So we need to keep that in mind. Never forget who Steve Mnuchin is. Steve Mnuchin was the money bundler from Wall Street who backed Obama. Peter Navarro opened up a speech in 96 for Hillary, the Duchess of Chaffington, Clinton where he ran as a Democrat politician four times. He was not a capitalist. Subsidizing foreign-owned agricultural companies as farmers is not capitalism. I want to get back to Americanism. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a conservative. I'm an American, and I believe in the principles of liberty and freedom and property. I don't want to be a part of the corporatist empire because that's how you get a corporatocracy, which is what we have today. And that's why these lowlifes like old lady face Mitch McConnell, and I wish I was Don Draper, Mitt Romney, and Adam, somebody show me the money, Kinzinger, and the rest of these scumbags. What do you think is going to happen to Adam Kinzinger as his district goes away? Lobbyist lobbyist, very successful. A year from now, he'll be able to put the top down on that 9-11 Porsche so he can show people who he is.
6: The Renew America movement, formed by centrist Republicans after a mob of Trump supporters stormed Congress on January 6th, concedes that Trump and his conspiracy theories now have an iron grip on the party. Quote, democracy... Are you
3: listening to this? See, this is what I wanted to tell you. And I told you every time I get a chance, you're hated by the people who say they represent you. When you're done talking to them, they make fun of you. The Tea Party people, the old women who eat cat food to give money to the Republicans to put up a fight against Obamanomics and Biden, they're laughing at you. And that needs to come to an end. Because all this talk of us being a democracy, guess what? We're not a democracy. We're a republic. So when diapers Biden comes out and admits that he is kowtowing to the approval of a communist Chinese leader, be aware of what you're facing. And if we're going to beat the Bidens, you must first beat the Mitch
9: McConnells. Let me close with this. This is not hyperbole.
3: Listen the world this is
9: giddy. watching. Autocrats believe that the world is moving so rapidly that democracies cannot generate consensus quickly enough to get things done. Not a It's not supposed to be
3: quick. They're jamming their, they're, they're, they're jamming their fascism down your throat in, a, in an urgency that is not there. This government has never reaped so much money in its history. Because of political whores like Joe Biden and his company, Biden Inc. And George Bush and Bush Inc. and the rest of it. We're bankrupt and now you are just faking it. So the call to do things fast, I don't care what the excuse is, it is not supposed to exist in a republic. And we need to expose this for the Ponzi scheme. And we need to put idiots like this. By the way, how is this man a president? He cannot speak. He is mentally impaired. Even if you are a Chicago Democrat and you tolerate the corruption and the families and the sons, he's not capable of doing anything. This poor old man needs to be put away and wait for his rice pudding.
9: Look, I've had these, I've had hours and hours and hours of meetings and personal conversations with Xi Jinping. I spent... Xi
3: Jinping. Can you imagine what Xi Jinping thinks when he hangs up the phone of spending an hour on the phone with this old fool, this incapable
9: old dimwit? More time with him, I believe, than any other world leader has. When I was vice president, and now on the phone. The talk. Every time he calls, or we talk about this, it, and now it's a conversation between an hour and a half and two and a half hours. Oh, Not Jesus. a joke. My word. But he doesn't think democracies can compete.
3: And neither do you. You fascist pig. As he says this, he is dictating rules of behavior to you. How to take over your and even raise your child to you. Yet he claims to be a democracy. First of all, slap him in the ear. Because he doesn't know he's the leader of a republic, you idiot. It's not a democracy. 51% cannot vote away the freedoms of 49% in this country. But you and your cohorts have destroyed it. Because you are just a political whore who's managed to lie significantly successful to the people. And I blame the people. How could you be stupid enough to vote for this idiot? Because Republicans told you? Or because you wanted free daycare? You should be ashamed of yourselves. Anybody that voted for this. And that's why... I do want to like Ray Lopez. But until he turns his back on this obvious incompetence and corruption, and until Republicans turn their back on the obvious corruption of the Bushes of the world and the Cheneys and the rest of it, we're just going to manage failure. 312-642-5600. I filled in for Cortez for not just the three months prior to the election, but I filled in for him on the days he went on vacation. I filled in for the Irish gypsy, also a fraud, con man, before that. And at every turn, I identified what the real problem is, is the corruption. The next problem is the policies. The corruption of the Democrat Party is systemic. It cannot be removed. It needs to be torn apart. The policies of the Democrat Party, although steeped in an altruistic utopia, come to conclusions made up by fraud by Enron math, by witch doctors and fairy tales, and just all-around lies. The entire time, what has happened is that Joe Biden and is not alone in becoming worth hundreds of millions. Nancy Pelosi, and a lot of them. Republicans do it, too. Democrats do it out in the open. And it's always funny now. they got a young kid on, and he's researching a book. And all he's doing is repeating things that you and I discussed for years. Well,
4: there's an ongoing investigation by the Justice Department into Hunter Biden's taxes, looking at some of his foreign business dealings. In your view, could the questions around Hunter's impact uh, impact Joe Biden's presidency and his agenda at all?
1: I think so. As I wrote this week, uh, Joe Biden is positioning himself as a global anti-corruption crusader. Uh, the New York Times editorial board back in 2015, when Hunter Biden was working for Burisma, pointed out uh, that his work for this company, which was under suspicion of corruption in, in Ukraine at the time, uh, threatened to undermine Joe Biden's anti- anti-corruption anti message there. Uh, now that he's the president and, and taking this anti-corruption agenda global, uh, this, this Burisma episode lingering questions about it uh, and other episodes uh, that I discuss in the book in which uh, Biden family business partners are convicted here in the United States on corruption charges or their dealings raise conflict of interest questions do threaten to detract from that message.
3: It's not an anti-corruption message. It's a political corruption acceptance and all this was done. All of these people in office, all of it, all of the so-called scandals is all under the nose of the FBI, of the IRS, who they threaten you with. You, the law-abiding, honest American. You are the one who will at- attract their focus. Yet this has happened over the last half a century. How? Why? Because those are just apparatchiks of political corruption. Sorry, it's just the way it is. You could pretend that there's going to be some lone ranger that rides in and says, "Well, Joe, I still can't figure out how you bought the Dupont Mansion in '82, let alone the four estates worth thirty-five million, or how you've got all this money, or how your brother and your sister and your son are on these boards." Is it the crack? What exactly is attractive? It's the political corruption. Ta-da! ridiculous to me it's the year 2021 2021 and you still got people voting for free nonsense and they're willing to turn a blind eye to it it's disgusting matt south bend
7: yeah i was just wondering i thought i heard news this morning that uh obama's coming in and gonna be with joe biden for the next uh, summit climate summit how the heck does that work out they just uh, bring him in as uh, a guest host or i think it's wonderful or
3: It's an admission of a co-presidency. Do you really want Joe Biden sitting in there? Joe Biden, honestly, is a walking embarrassment and a punchline man. So I'll tell you the truth. I don't mind it because Joe Biden's never been the president. Joe Biden is a representative of the Marxist party. It's Marxism that's the president. It's Marxism that controls the Senate and the Congress. The people are fungible. It's the party like the Soviet Union. That's all it is. It's preposterous to me that we pretend this is actually a party. It's not. It's corruption through and through.
1: The big things that was sort of consistently surprising to me as I was reporting uh on the bidens both for politico and in the course of researching this book uh were the the number of business dealings that relatives had over the decades that raised uh questions at the time or are raising questions now about possible conflicts of interest uh, and i thought it was it was worthwhile and fascinating to sort of integrate uh what i was learning about some of these more sophisticated business dealings with the sometimes folksy image that we have of joe biden and his family
3: There is no excuse for a 21-year-old to be on the board of Amtrak other than a bag man, which is what Hunter is. He also is backed in a company called Rosemount Seneca. And you know who his partner is? John Kerry's stepson and the pal that they went to college with. And this is not an investment firm that the Chinese communists that Joe Biden so wants to cater to, just thought, I like the cut of your jib. What do you got there? A proprietary trading system? You got an algorithm? What exactly are you guys doing? What they're doing is selling political power. This is not complex. It's the oldest scam in the world. It's it's corporatism. It's buying the, the political right to cheat the people. To make money while all the people pay the cost. And the select few... Reap the benefits. That's not capitalism. That's not Americanism. This is third world banana republic corruption. That's what Joe Biden and the Democrats are, whether it's the small little municipality, the county, or the state. Think about that as Pritzker announces we're gonna we're gonna freshen up I eighty. Oh, are you? You're gonna line the pockets of your contributors, you fraud. You don't fool me. Next, you'll be telling people you were on a Stairmaster this morning, Fetzo. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Oh, here we go. It's a good song, girl. Love it. I got a friend of mine. Obsessed with the Superman bisexual story. Text me all the time. I know. I never liked the leotards. I knew there was something going on with that, Jimmy. I always had my eye on that, Jimmy. I knew something was not right. And you're shocked at this? Terry Bradshaw got in trouble because he said, hey, you got the boots and the shirt on. You look real nice today. He's in trouble. Superman, French kissing Jimmy. That's good. I mean, how do you know Lois Lane didn't have the Schwanstagger? You don't know. Crazy what could have happened there. Rich in his car.
4: (laughs) Hey, Sean, how are you?
3: Good, Rich. How are you?
4: I'm good. Great show as always. Oh, thank you. Every time I listen, my blood's boiling within five minutes because you're just basically speaking. (laughs) You know, there's something
3: wrong with you if that's your definition of great. I love the way this guy makes me mad. But, hey, you know what? I'm not going to take it. I'm going to tell these people what they are. They're liars and frauds and cheats. And then I'm Uh, I'm going to encourage the good people. And, you know, I I really am reflecting on Ray Lopez. Can you imagine this guy probably wants to, to say I reject all of it, but he knows that his own party will crush him, and he won't stand the chance in the upcoming election. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pickle, well, we've, kids. Uh,
4: we've been we've been watching uh, you know double standards coming out of Washington for a long time. Whether it's you know Comey, Brennan, you know lying to Congress, uh, Hillary not getting prosecuted for violating uh, docu- rules with documents, or you know <laughs> no
3: Whitewater alone. Whitewater alone, yeah. she should have had her chubby thighs in prison for a while.
4: Yeah, I mean the the only experience Hunter has in transportation is transporting his own crack. I mean that's, that's just it's crazy. No, I think you, um, you know I too. mean, but we see this we see this in the Supreme Court too. With, you know, you know, whether it's Roberts, you know, allowing them to argue, you know, taxes versus a penalty on Obamacare, or even most recently in the in the last election, letting states ignore their own laws and then saying, oh no, we're we're not even gonna we're not even gonna think about it. You know, it's it's it's
3: preposterous. We had a caller, Rich, a, a little while ago. I didn't get to him, and he probably, you know, he couldn't hang on. Not that I expect everyone to hang on. And he he said we need a constitutional amendment. And my my reaction is this: we just need constitutional enforcement. None of this is constitutional. Yes. Whole damn government I is is anti-constitution. It's it's preposterous to me, Rich. But we we can change it. One honest man can make a difference. I firmly believe that. And uh, we just you no, know, they hold-
4: they want to get a. They want to get upset with everybody who's, you know, like either in front of the school board or anything else. We, we as citizens, we would just like to see politicians and lawmakers o- obey the same laws that they expect us to obey every day. And that includes the illegals coming across the border. That's
3: know. how it was supposed to be, Rich. I appreciate the call. That's I, all I, we appre- I appreciate you listening. The school board is an easy fix to me. They only exist because you keep your kid there. Break it. Take your kid out today. Your kid will be better off. You'll be happier. And the future will be brighter. Because what you've already seen is we've had, what, five generations, four for sure, be told that communism and socialism and fascism is a virtue and the way of our future. Those are the kids that come on TV and say, hurry up, do the bill. And they don't even understand what they're calling for is their own demise, their own slavery, we're in this position because voters have begged to be slaves to the state. And now you are. That's why I was going to do the whole Fauci thing. I'm so sick of that pickle face fraud. I'm so sick of the fact we now have every all evidence. He invested in the fracking virus. He's invested in it. He took our money. He had a, a middleman. He funded it. And we don't know where his holdings are in all of the pharmaceutical companies. He's owned by the pharmaceutical companies. Doctor, doctor, my dairy. I wouldn't let him go near my dog, and I don't even like her. Don in Bloomingdale.
7: Sean, conflict of interest is a badge of honor in Washington, D.C., and it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican. And I certainly don't know how to fix it, but... Uh, term limits is probably the best way to go, but I don't even know how they're going to ever do that. Money. You fix it with the money, Don.
3: You fix it with the money. We, the people, demand that contractors who are political campaign contributors can never get a contract from the government again. Done. Just that one law. You'll immediately cripple the cash register. Stop the money. Disincentivize the crime. And then we'll get to the IRS and the FBI who have let the 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 corporatocracy grab hold in a free society, in a capitalist society, because they're part of the problem. Who watches the watchers? It's going to always be the question. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. And these are always very, very good topics to go to. And, you know, another problem we have is that we're appointing people not on just their genitalia, but their sexual preference. And after all, that is the only reason that Pete Buttigieg you know his name this child this know nothing good for nothing do nothing is in this position because of his sexual proclivities and nothing more so when he comes on and talks about the supply chain (laughs) it's a it's a it's a plethora of entertainment
0: we're seeing major supply chain disruption in the US right now causing everything from higher prices to longer waits for products Moody's warns that these supply chain disruptions, quote, will get worse before they get better, unquote. Do Americans need to prepare ourselves for this to get worse before it gets better?
3: Well, sir. Now, who are we going to bring on? Are we going to bring on a learned economic philosopher, think tank person who's talked about how did this country, built on nothing but freedom and property rights, become the richest in the world? How did it become the leader of the free World, How did the economy go from zero to the richest on the planet? Who are we going to get to talk about that? I know. Let's get the guy that likes other guys because that's the only thing he's got on his resume. Pete Buttigieg is good for nothing. Unless, of course, that's your flavor. Aside from that, if I want to know how to get Merlot out of cashmere, I'll ask Pete Buttigieg. But we're asking him now about supply chain?
5: Certainly a lot of the challenges that we've been experiencing this year will continue into next year, but there are both short-term and long-term steps that we can take to do something about it. Look, uh, So Paul Krugman,
3: a Keynesian fraud, the same idiot who said the Internet will be about as important as fax machines in the 90s, yet somehow he's their economic professor that they're all following this swindle. Of the Ponzi schemanomics, where they become oligarchs and gods among men, have written little talking points. And this is what they're repeating. But I want you to understand something. Government had absolutely nothing to do with the supply chain. Government didn't do anything but tax every single entity that put together the so-called supply chain. And what really put it together is Capitalism. So to think that communism and Marxism and socialism will fix it, what do you think your future looks like? See, and now who survives it? Are the elite oligarchs of corruption like Pete Buttigieg? After all, how many of you men, men, took a maternity leave? I remember the, first, the next day I could work, I went to work. You know why? I was inspired by that baby. And I knew I had to earn to give her the life she deserved. But Pete Buttigieg and his husband, there's a sentence I never thought I'd say, Pete Buttigieg and his husband took three months off and did all the things we do without complaint, feeding and changing. We all did it. Husbands and wives and everybody who's ever had a kid since we were in caves. Yet now all of a sudden, Pete's got to take three months off. Well, the government that his party is destroying enriches itself at our own cost.
5: Uh, part of what's happening isn't just the supply side, it's the demand side. Demand Ooh. is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof.
3: Now, here's the thing that you should focus on. This idiot doesn't understand the velocity of money in the slightest. In the slightest. In fact, it's a little bit more complex than that. And items of basic necessity are what's in demand. Items that built the country, those of luxury, they are not in demand, boys and girls. Because due to their fiscal policies, the inflation and the devaluing of your dollar is destroying the ordinary man. But Pete Buttigieg doesn't know what day it is. All he knows is that, thank goodness for his proclivities or he'd be doing what he's qualified to do. Ask me if I want insurance on my rent-a-car. No offense to you car rental people.
5: And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods.
3: No, 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 no. no. Although the goods are true. Those ships are waiting because they are waiting to pull into mafia-controlled ports. Your Democrat mafia party has turned... Our import export into their cash register, but there's good news for you. There's a there's a governor out there who wants to change it.
10: So then this year we were in a situation where we were able to not only do job growth grant fund, but but fund it even more than we had in my first year in office. And so that's uh, that's a good thing. We're going to continue to do more as we go forward. So we like the progress. We see a lot of good stuff. We do have to say though, you look at particularly a lot of stuff that's going on in Washington. This inflation is real. This inflation is upending a lot of things. They said it was just going to be transitory. It's not transitory. It's real. You look at how much things have gone up year over year. These are stiff increases, and it's basically an invisible tax on the American people because your income is now worth less than it would have been if we didn't have uh, spiking inflation. The gas prices are going through the roof. I think they're up 50%. Uh, in the last year, on these gas prices, so that 's a huge hammer for a lot of people who who are working hard and, and trying to put food on the table that 's what it sounds like to be represented by somebody who has an understanding of the issues and also a way to fix it i 'm going to say probably more next week, but you know, we look at what 's happening with some of these supply chain issues they can 't get into California. Florida, we want people coming in here, bring your goods here, we'll, we'll get it done, we'll cut the red tape, we're not going to be held up uh, by that, so we're going to work with our ports uh, to make sure folks understand that. Also, as much as we appreciate a lot of the momentum that we have here, we just think about people thought that we would have this massive budget shortfall a year and a half ago. We get two, three, five hundred million dollars in revenue coming into the state over the estimate every month now. And that's been happening for a long time. So because he never folded, he never shut down, he never imprisoned
3: his people. That's a representative. That's someone who has the citizens best interest in mind. So we need to promote those kind of people and demote and arrest the scum that's in office now. Three, one, two. Six four two fifty six hundred. Funky seventies, huh? On Monday? Don't forget, it's Make Me Believe Monday. Where we identify the conspiracies. I tell you if I buy in or not. That's going to be the last half hour of the show. Steve on the South Side has a great point. Hi, Steve.
11: Hey, what's going on, Sean? Good to hear oh, from you, brother. You too. Hey.
3: I got a question
7: because nobody's put their finger on what's going on. The normal, you know, strikes, labor, slowdowns, anything. I read an article and it said that everybody's trying to cover it up that a law wanted to.
3: Oh, your phone broke up. They
7: won't allow these nasty diesel trucks in there. Anything yeah. that's older than two or three years old, they won't even allow them in the port to pick things up. And I'm just wondering
6: correct. if.
3: You're exactly uh-huh. right. Yeah, that's correct. Not only that, the Union-Organized Extortion Labor Mafia has control over the working methods and hours of the dock workers. They took a 24-hour... Sunday yeah, and I heard
7: something a little bit about weekend work. Yeah. A and little they, bit about weekend workers.
3: They want the payoff, and they, they know were how just- to- they know how yeah, to get it, Steve. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing you got to keep right. you, your Your question that I read on the thing is that no one has given a logical answer as to why the supply chain has broken down. Steve, I'm going to tell you right now, it definitely has to do with the 11.3 million job vacancies because they broke the damn economy. And this is what I said. And when I say they, I'm including President Trump, who in my estimation could have been the only one to stand up to the pressure of the Marxists. Because you cannot shut off the velocity of money in a free economy and then turn it back on. Circumstances change. People make different decisions. Along with that, if you are a business person and you see what's coming down the pipe with the dim-witted, diaper-wearing fascist, and you see what is coming if you are in business, you're not incentivized to just go back and turn the, the spigot on because you understand since you've been off, they've gained a stronghold, a foothold in the government, in, in, in the private economy. And now they're in everything from how much you pay your workers to what your tax liability is going to be. And once you disincentivize capitalism and freedom, you get less of it. And who stays in business are the corrupt figures. That's the same thing that happened with Obamacare. It's the same thing. And now we're just used to it. And now we think it's normal to work into this Rube Goldberg mechanism of socialized medicine. And we don't care that our premium is 400% greater, that there are 42% less doctors and less hospitals and the quality of your care. We don't care because what the abusers have learned is that we will accept this kind of abuse. We will accept it, and we will tolerate it, and we will play their game of Republican or Democrat. Think about this. You've got people, let's say they're Democrats. They voted for somebody they knew was incapable. They knew was a fraud. They knew it.
9: Point two billion. So you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and in, in, in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, brings out the carts on on, on on a forklift. What happens? Not even one vote. And by the way,
3: I'm not blaming Trump. I'm recognizing wrong. Let's get out of the party politics. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I, like many of you, walked around with an American arrogance because in this country, theoretically, fascism, collectivism, totalitarianism is unconstitutional. It's not supposed to happen. But so many of our institutions have been bastardized. We need to have one that isn't. I was hoping for that to be the Supreme Court. Anthony Markham is a resident fellow at the R Street Institute, where he focuses on federal judiciary and separation of power disputes. I'd like to know what he thinks. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me. How are you?
12: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
3: So I'm, uh, as you can imagine, a little upset lately for, I would say, the last 15 years, heavily. 20, maybe, if we think about it. Um, am I losing my, my, uh, my Supreme Court and the idea that they are not going to be part of a collectivist takeover of my nation?
12: Well, I think one thing that has been interesting to see in just the last few months is, this has been reported in a few outlets, the downward trend of Supreme Court approval. Typically, the Supreme Court, especially compared to Congress and the executive branch, typically pulls much higher. You're looking 55, 60, even higher percent. It's dropped down to 40% just in the last few months from 58% at the, uh, at the end of 2020. And so you're not in the minority anymore. There is actually a majority of Americans that do seem increasingly frustrated with the court, both on the left and on the right.
3: Yeah, I think this is a bipartisan disappointment. Ironically, the communists want the court to agree with fascism, and they're not doing it fast enough. I was very nervous when Biden had a Supreme Court commission Um, And I was nervous because I've been following politics my whole life. I don't really watch men in tights chasing balls. I like to read about politics. And it appeared to me that Joe Biden was putting this commission together to really disrupt the idea that we had independent judges from political beliefs. I realize throughout history we've had politicians that acted as judges. What did his commission come to a conclusion? Did they come with anything? What did you find out here?
12: So interestingly, so last week, the uh, Supreme Court Commission, which is comprised of 36 scholars, uh, really across the ideological um, aisle, you do have um, a couple of conservatives that are on the commission. They released a preliminary report last week. And what this is, it's a pretty meaty report, a little over 200 pages, and it breaks up different ideas or different potential reforms to the Supreme Court. The two largest focuses obviously are going to be the ideas of court packing, expanding the number of seats on the Supreme Court, or adding term limits, whether that's 12, 18 years or something else. But I think what it should be people should look at this favorably is it looks like the Commission is pretty down on court packing, the vast majority of them at least. And I think it's fair to say court packing is not happening anytime soon. In the commission's report, they talked about, of course, it is constitutional. Congress could change the number of seats on the Supreme Court. That is something that's not in the Constitution. But on the other hand, the risks and the damages and all the problems that would follow greatly, greatly out, outweigh any argument or serious argument for doing it. Term limits, on the other hand, they seem to be a little more open to it. Um, I'm, I've been a critic of Supreme Court term limits for a long time. I think the commission by the public meeting that they had last week after this preliminary report was released, there are a number of commissioners that are also not favorable of term limits. So it will be interesting to see the language that was more favorable of term limits in this preliminary report to see if that changes at all, if their tune changes when the final report is released next month.
3: I got to ask you a question. Why have you been a critic of uh, Supreme Court justice term limits?
12: I have for a number of reasons. The number one is you're going to have an implementation problem. We know the Constitution says that justices serve for life, for good behavior. That means life tenure. And so to change that from life tenure to 18-year terms or something else, that's going to take a very, very long time. It's going to take decades. For the transition period for the justices who are serving now, especially the younger justices like uh, Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Barrett, they're going to be on for 20, probably 20-plus years. And so, if the problem or the frustration is of the current Supreme Court or how the Supreme Court is currently acting, in my mind, it makes little sense to focus or put all your chips in on the table for a reform. That really is not going to be fully seen until you know, 30, 40 years later. Oh, I see.
3: I see see because I, I, I get that argument. My thing is, I don't want politics to become marriage. I'm not involved with these people should they lose their marbles and need the pens. I don't want them in the position, I want them out, and it doesn't look to me like we ever get them out. And uh, I find that to be upsetting in anything in life. I I, I don't even like it when somehow politicians are elected for 50 years, let alone the idea that you sit on what is arguably one of the most powerful, it is the most powerful position in government. And uh, I'm looking to not go down the path of their mental stability with them.
12: I think one of the, you know, you brought up a really important point is the idea of judicial power and some use the phrase judicial supremacy and and our separation of power system, ideally, where does the Supreme Court fit in? And I think one of the interesting arguments kind of ignoring kind of these more drastic structural reforms are looking at reforms of norms and just making the the branches work the way they're supposed to, making Congress legislate, not having politicians fight in the courtroom, but actually fight on their legislative um, floors. Avoiding this uh, kind of creating a reluctance again of the court not to solve all of our problems and of the judges of the federal court not to be eager to do so. And so that is that's something that's going to change. I think that can change through through norms and through practice. I, I like to be optimistic um, rather than something a drastic change or even a constitutional hmm. manner, which simply in our current political environment is just not going to happen.
3: And, you know, Anthony, I want you to be optimistic. I don't want you to turn into a jaded curmudgeon such as myself. Um, but I have to uh, tell you, in my opinion, it's earned, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. I love the idea that we are a uh, federalist nation and that the states have their own systems, have their own elections, and really run as little incubators of a republic based in democracy. When the Justice Department becomes so politicized as it clearly clearly is and keep in mind i'm from chicago so once the uh judicial system becomes corrupted to me the entire state is done when the justice department asked the supreme court to block the texas stop murdering your child after six weeks law, isn't that something that is really held within texas and this already went to the texas supreme court am i wrong
12: well I, so this has been an issue that has been the percolating through the federal courts and will again, just simply because of the precedent where we're talking about Roe v. Wade, we're talking about a Supreme Court decision that was based on several constitutional doctrines. So that's why you're going to see it through the federal courts. And that's why you're ultimately going to see it at the U.S. Supreme Court. I think you're going to see that issue, of course, get there inevitably, whether through uh, a state law, whether it's in Texas or Mississippi or somewhere else. Just based on the interests involved, is it naturally going to fall into the federal courts? So the federal courts are going to have to deal with it anyway. So even if it might be a state law concerning the state constitutions, there's always going to be a federal hook or often a federal hook that's going to get into federal court.
3: When you see justices that are appointed, and in, in, um, really because of their political relationships, like Elena Kagan comes to mind, and you understand that pretty much if a Democrat brings up something to the Supreme Court, Ninety nine percent of the time they're going to rule in that favor. Has the ideal of a Supreme Court been corrupted? Is this something that we, the people, are just to accept?
12: Again, I'm going to put my optimism out there. I think if you look at, you know, often we see the most contentious cases, the the two, three, four, five that the Supreme Court handles each year. They tend to be some really controversial five, four cases. That's often the cases we hear about. But I can just go back to last term with a conservative majority of 6-3. Only eight cases were 5-4 last term. Twenty-nine cases were 9-0 or 8-0 that were unanimous. And then the rest really? were kind of sprinkled in between. So justices, they do agree far more often than they disagree. It's often those little sticking cases that make it so difficult. And frankly, it's because they're really, really hard to decide.
3: I have a theory that the problems that we um, are experiencing are because Really, the ideals of the Constitution and the and the wall that is supposed to be up between fascism and liberty has been breached. I think one of these cases is Social Security. At the time that Social Security was passed, the court, and I'm going to use the term packed, had been packed with FDR political appointees. I still feel that Social Security is unconstitutional. Is it ever possible to take a, a case that was heard on and ruled on by what I feel are corrupted justices and bring it back, or do I just have to accept it?
12: No, well, certainly. I mean, we're talking about the idea of precedent and the idea of stare decisis, which is this legal doctrine. If typically, you respect prior decisions because that's, that's how we go about it. We have a common law system, so you look at past decisions. How does that apply? And you apply that precedent as you go on. But the Supreme Court has the power to overrule its precedent. After all, the Supreme Court created the doctrine or created the ruling. It has its right to also overturn or change that ruling for a variety of reasons. Often one is, the most common is, it was wrongly decided when it was decided. Example of this would be Korematsu during the FDR administration mm-hmm. that justified the internment of Japanese Americans. Of course, recently, Justice Roberts said very clearly that Korematsu was wrongly wrongly decided when it was decided and is rightfully overturned. You could do the very same thing with any other case.
3: So we we do have some optimism here. We can bring back um, what I think is is a massive not just drain on the economy and uh, casting the citizens into servitude, but we can challenge Obamacare again, that we can push back against what what I feel, me alone, feel as socialist anti-American policies.
12: I mean, I think – you're always, I think everyone is always welcome that there's, um, there's a policy that seemed to be unconstitutional or, or you know, legally incorrect. The legal challenge is always there, and the Supreme Court always has the right to overturn itself or change its mind, and obviously that could happen if the, uh, the nine-member court looks very differently than the nine-member court that originally ruled on it.
3: So based on what this report or this court commission concluded, if I can just go back to this, it does it look like we have to worry about... Um, Joe Biden and his administration packing the Supreme Court?
12: I don't think so. I, I think the That's commission, I, I think, I think the vast majority of the commission is not open to court packing and skeptical of many, even the smaller reforms. So I don't think people really have to be much concerned about when this final report is uh, released next month.
3: Now, should we be, are there any surprises coming from there um, that you you have any indication on, on, on some of the rulings that are going to come out later?
12: From the Supreme Court or from this commission?
3: From the Supreme Court.
12: From the Supreme Court. Well, I mean the biggest the biggest case we're gonna see is the abortion case challenging the Mississippi law. That would ban most or bans most abortions after 15 weeks. That's gonna be heard um, soon in this term. That's gonna be obviously the most the case most paid attention to. There's also the Texas law that concerns abortion as well. That's that's currently being expedited through the federal courts. Maybe those two issues get consolidated for one very large hearing for later this year, that's going to be the one most Americans are focused on. And that decision probably will not be released until June of next year.
3: So for people like me, I'm going to let you go after this, but for people like me who are you know, very upset that we are now passing life-changing policy bills that are 2,500 pages, and I still cannot wrap my mind around the fact that ninety nine percent of our so called representatives have not read the bill. I find that to be unconstitutional itself. That we have politicians that are passing laws that they are not reading. I want to take them all up to the Supreme Court for a challenge. Am I delusional?
12: Well, unfortunately, we're guaranteed repre- representation, just not very good representation. Oh, so that comes, uh, of course, that comes back to our elections and and <laughs> who we elect and why we elect them, and that entire structure. Looking specifically at the problems often in Congress, a lot of that is because often in Congress it's leadership-based, and leadership makes the determinations, and so our representatives maybe don't necessarily have the voice that they should, or maybe are not as empowered as they should, creating that incentive to maybe not pay as close attention as they should.
3: In your opinion, can an American government mandate a vaccine? I think so. Really? Anthony, you crushed me. I liked you so much. (laughs) <laughs> and then you crush me with that. So they can legally mandate that I put a chemical in my body or that I force one into my kids.
12: I think, I think the, if you look, you know, kind of putting an originalist hat here, if you look at cases from the past, again, I'm going to apply precedent. I'm going to apply originalism. If you look at early actions of the United States, if you look at Supreme Court decisions from 50, 60, 80 years ago, I think the United States does have the power for public health. Yes. All
3: right. I'm dropping on a society and I'm going to pick up Italian. At least I know the food is good politics is the same. Thank you, Anthony Markham from our street. I appreciate you joining me. Are
12: right, you bet. Have a good night.
3: All right, take care. We'll take your calls and comments when I get back. 312-642-5600. Hey! hey, hey. Macho, macho,
1: macho,
3: man, yeah. This whole group could be running a bureaucracy. I love it. What's the name of this band? The Village People. I know, they're all dressed up in their costumes. I get it. I remember I was around. Um... So I caused some problem. We had people call up, and how dare I insult the Trump economy? He obviously didn't hear what I had to say. Where Trump reduced restrictions and regulation was great. Some of the things he did was great. That being said, you'll have to forgive me. I'm a capitalist. And when Steve Mnuchin wants to fund Wall Street, to perpetrate a reverse repo fraud on the American people, I got a big problem with it. When he wants to take money and underwrite the 30 so-called companies rather than quasi-corrupt oligarchs called the Dow Jones, I have a problem with it. But he was a Democrat. I think that's rotten, and I think it's fraud. When Peter Navarro wants to bail out Corporations, mainly, many, many of them in China, ironically enough, that are agricultural monopolies and claim them to be farmers so that we, the people, say, well, of course we want to help farmers. After all, Willie Nelson and Farm Aid, that ain't the game. That's wrong. I mean, we have to be able to understand this isn't about a person. It's about principle. I liked 90% of what Trump did, but that 10% I reject. Because I'm not in a cult. This isn't about Donald Trump. This is about America. And we need to focus on that. Listen, nobody wanted Trump to win more than me. Nobody. Nobody fought harder. Nobody. But what's the future hold? I don't want an 80-year-old person to run this country again. And I'm sure he's wonderful and going to be great and hold up. But what if he doesn't? This is about America Is about Americanism and principles of capitalism and liberty and freedom. Without that, we have nothing. And if we implement that, we have everything. And we can take the country back the way it was intended to be. For your kids. Not because your daughter married a bush. But because this is the land of opportunity, of freedom, of unalienable rights of the individual. That's all. And I will say again, where there is somebody that is a Democrat, there is corruption. It is unarguable. I think that they took advantage of it. I think he could have done a lot better. I think he did great, but he could have done better. And can you imagine what he would have done if when all of the Democrat mafia was saying, shut down the economy, shut it down, he said, no, I will not. This federal government is not to imprison its people. It's not to take away the businesses. It's not rooted in force. That's what I needed. That's what I want. Not just for the past, but for the future. That's what I want. This isn't about a man. It's about a nation. And without the principles that founded that nation, you have nothing but corruption. And now you're arguing about who gets to profit from it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to default on the side of freedom, liberty, capitalism, and America. It's not about a man. 312 642 5600.
7: I'll be back.
6: Make me believe,
2: Monday. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People, thank you, under the supervision of the Reverse Vampires, are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people.
9: I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. I view.
3: Democrat platform as a conspiracy. I view that as a conspiracy rightfully so. I have said they are clearly Soviets, Marxists. You want to believe that they're Trotskyites versus Stalinists or Leninists? Fine. I'm not here to split hairs. What I am here to do is show you that the American Democrat Party is a collectivist organization that likes the oligarch corporatist system. Just the end of the story. So when I see something come on and it's a reconciliation or it's an infrastructure. I know what it really is, a scam. Because what they understand is once this economy and our quality of life is bankrupted, they have absolute and total control. So when I heard Pippi Liestocki, Jen Pisaki come out with this nonsense, I know that what I believed, what people said was a conspiracy theory, is exactly the truth.
12: But the U.S. obviously can exert yeah. major influence
4: here. So, with having missed this mark, is uh, did, are you trying to do more? Can you do more?
9: Um- we are continuing to press um, through uh, member countries, member countries of OPEC, even as we are not a member, uh, to address the supply issue uh, and work to address it here as well. I would also note that what we're also working to address is more of a logistics issue of how um, we are moving supply around the country, which means there are shortages in some places and not others, and that's.
3: This is to divert the the attention of the American people away from their failure and their policy. That's what this is. All right. So let's go with, who do we want to go with? James Schomburg.
7: Hey, how you doing, John? Good, how are you? Uh, I was a very learned young man there uh, talking previously, but the very idea that we can relax on what Biden's or the Democrat leadership would do with respect to that, Supreme Court,
12: uh, committee. Yes, they just were looking for cheerleaders on that. They're going to do what they want. Pack the court, jam it up. They're just—they were just
0: looking for maybe their side to have some backing. The fact that they didn't get it or might not get it in the final draft is, is irrelevant. They're going to pursue it straight
3: on. I believe so you. I don't think anybody needs to be relaxing on that. I believe you hundred percent, James. Idea. That's not a conspiracy theory, by the way. That's what I think is probably going to happen i believe you see i wanted to start with james he was online prior to the conspiracy segment but see that's the example i wanted to set he may be discounted as, oh that's a conspiracy theory i think he's right and i think time will prove him right david in lansing
4: hey sean uh my conspiracy is this it's my own idea uh i say the Chinese Communist Party is working with the far left, the squad, to take over the ports, uh, New York City, LA, we got the Chicago, uh, you know. So everywhere there's like a, a big lockdown and all these things. They want Republicans and Trump supporters to leave so they can take that over. Just like in 1860 uh, when um, the North took over the port of uh, New Orleans to run the supply lines dry to the south. This is an international military maneuver.
3: Well, and here's where you cheated a little bit. You cheated a little bit because they've already bought control over so many of those ports through both direct and indirect companies. So I believe you, but I also saw what you did there, Dave. I got my eye on you. I believe him. Thank you. Tim in Johnsburg, Illinois. Hey,
7: Sean, how you doing?
3: Good, Tim, how are you?
4: I want to ask you one little question, and if you believe that the last election was fraud-free and honest and uh, with no cheating going on, would you?
3: That would be a rhetorical the last question. The 20
4: years that the people been installed instead of elected?
3: Yes, I believe that they have been installed Instead of elected, and I do believe that voter fraud is an accepted philosophy, an accepted thing that the people who live in the Democrat mafia area areas recognize and tolerate. That I think it would happen in this election. I was always very concerned with it. I am disgusted to see that, uh, to a certain extent, there's still s- those people that accepting it when you have districts that came out with over 90%. Voter uh-huh. turnout, and nobody wants to give an inquiry into the voter rolls. I have a problem. I think with that's yes. the base of all the problems you talk about. And you can't fix a one of them until you fix that. How's that? That's that's the root of all evil. There. Yes, it is, and that's why you go to places that are fighting for the citizen, not the crime. Thank you. I believe him. She forgot the music. Just a little late on the draw. Corey Woodlawn.
11: Yeah, this is Corey. I was talking about the
7: encroachment. The government never had the power to force you to put anything into your body. And just because they got a justice here or a justice there to side with them on bogus legislation, that doesn't mean the government had the right. According to our framework in the Constitution, he didn't have a right. I agree. It reminds me of when the situation between Thomas Paine Talking to the founders of the Constitution, when it came out of Independence Hall, there was no First Amendment in the bill. And Payne said, where's freedom of speech? And he said that the government doesn't have the right to take it. He said, put it in there because they will assume the right. And that's what's happening now. They're assuming they have the right, but they do not have the right.
3: Corey, I couldn't agree more with you, and I have to tell you, I like, I like him very much. He's a very, very smart, nice guy, but I simply think he's wrong. And under no circumstances in my America can a politician tell you to put something in your body. I completely believe you, Corey, and I was uh, taken aback by Anthony's acceptance of that principal issue. If you do not have property over your own body then what the hell are you but a slave? That's exactly what you are. If a politician can force you to put something in your body, that's the definition of servitude. I will not comply, and I will not capitulate. And that's why I love what the uh, Chicago Police Department is doing. And I hope many, many more men and women stand up to this fascism, which to me is America 101. You don't get to tell me to do that. Are you out of your fracking mind? Greg in Woodstock. Hey, it's Greg in Lake Geneva. Anyway, uh, okay. Well, you keep you keep telling Misty Woodstock, but go ahead. No, I, I said Lake Geneva this time. Oh, it comes anyway, up Woodstock. No
11: Never mind. Go ahead. Hey, I can forgive that. You know, when things happen. All right. Uh, right now, in their Green New Deal, whatever their bill is called, uh, they're going to mandate electric vehicles by whatever year. Right now. The and the figure I saw was eighty-five percent. Right now the main manufacturer of electric vehicle batteries is China. Now, China inked the deal with the Taliban to have mineral rights. So they can and is believed that Afghanistan might have the biggest lithium deposit in the world, which guess what? That's what they use. Greg, you listen to
3: my show, brother. I've been talking about this for months. $8 billion. They own everything under the ground in Afghanistan. Joe Biden aided uh, and abetted the Chinese government to grab the most lucrative mineral rights deal in history. I've said not only that,
11: but now China wants Taiwan and they're they're making all kinds of moves and guaranteed good old Uncle Joe ain't going to do diddly. Now, the greatest, the biggest manufacturer of semiconductor chips in the world is in Taiwan, Correct. Taiwan Semiconductor.
3: Now, so Greg, there's
11: a shortage of chips now for vehicles and wait till everything later. Else, yeah. Wait now, till they get their hands. on. Now, listen, semiconductor.
3: I want you to stay on the line. Listen to me now, because I'm going to catch All a right. lot of heat for this. And I want you to agree or disagree. This is why I personally wanted Trump to fight for Hong Kong and make the statement that Hong Kong will be protected because Hong Kong was not just the thorn in the side of China, but it represented what could have been a capitalist outpost for the entire Asian Rim. What do you think of that? Yep. Uh, absolutely. and Because uh, I'm going to catch a lot of that, heat right that, now. That, we got a guy that calls up anytime I say anything that isn't kissing somebody's air. I get, I get all kinds of nonsense for Misty Callahan. So I just wanted, you to, I wanted to present it in a way that you understood and that everybody understood. I'm not insulting Donald Trump, but I am insulting that specific policy who I believe was brought to him and he was made to capitulate or, or, or influenced by who I think is a real roach. And I've caught in a lot of arguments, even with Steve Cortez. I think Peter Navarro is a moron. That's what I think. What do you think of that? That's gonna catch a lot of flack. But we'll take all your flack and all your calls and all your conspiracies at 312 642 5600 when I get back. He's leaving, leaving. On that train and a pip. I don't think it's the full pip. Yeah. Um Said
9: he's going back.
3: The beauty of capitalism is that they found a way, and by they I mean entrepreneurs and business people to fight off the corruption in labor extortion mafias using political influence to destroy america imagine that it is controversial for a state to pass a right to work which means you don't have to pay off a union fat slob to get a job that's now controversial in america that's because there's a democrat in charge of it this happened throughout american history Granted, you're not going to find that as propaganda has been written in favor of the labor extortion mafia, but businessmen did. And they created an industry that employed tens of millions of people. I like import-export because what it did is enable people to deliver products of quality that was up to the consumer. And if the consumer didn't want to buy it, he didn't have to buy it. That's freedom. But I remember in the 70s when a pair of jeans was $40. I also remember before Biden was sworn in when jeans were $40. The only reason you didn't have inflation is because there was competition in product. That's what we need. Labor extortion mafias will always corrupt politicians so that they grant them monopolies. I want to destroy that. There needs to be a certain flow in the economy of capitalism. We've already talked ourselves out of it. For the last hundred years in fact you're hard-pressed to point to any aspect of your economy that really is capitalism most of it is keynesianism and underwritten by the people and subsidized and bastardized and every other thing because we've allowed politicians to sign us a line of sell us a line of bs that we now take as word as reality it's not and until we recognize this and until we demand that freedom ring we're just going to be arguing our comfort level of fascism and failure. Lee in Hammond, Indiana.
11: Hey, Sean. Hi. Hey, you know, I, if, I think the, what the, the biggest scam that the elite ever pulled on, on, on everyone was getting people to believe that there are no such thing as conspiracies.
3: Exactly. You exactly. Know, when you got married it, with your wife, how many kids do you have, Lee?
11: Well, I got three.
4: Three stings. Right.
3: When you got married with your wife, right, how many years have you been married? 34. And you were in that 1970 Cougar, and you were planning out your life. You know what that's called?
11: Pictures a a, duster.
3: a conspiracy. You were conspiring to have a good life, raise a good family. Yep. We've allowed Marxists to take a word of planning the future and make it to be some sort of crime where they can make fun of you. And that's the shame of it. <laughs> So I take their word and I throw it right back in their face. When you have a 21 year old son who sits on the board of Amtrak so he can launder bribery, that's not a conspiracy diapers. Biden, I caught you, you corrupt bastard, you dimwit. Now go to jail, rat. Stop ruining my country. I'll be back in 21 hours.